Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever What's seen. going on, Bolt fam? Welcome to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Andy here, your host, joined by soon-to-be father, Jack. Mate, how are you going? How's everything on your end? Exciting times imminently. It is. It is very, very exciting. We are days away from the pop, I believe, until a small little baby girl is wailing in my arms or and my wife's arms. So super, super excited. Cannot wait. Fantastic. Very exciting for all of us and all the fans, no doubt as well. Show your love to Jack uh, on the socials. Um, get around him. He's very excited and we, uh, we all should be. And also joined... As always, by our resident John Wick fan, Alistair. How are you, my friend? <laughs> yes, oh, good, good Yes, I'm not bad, Bluey. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, preseason football is back, and TDU crew. I watched it with Andy at his place. We had had a rather large night the evening before for one of our good mates' birthdays, and I um, entered Andy's house. Uh, he's wearing, a, I think, a blue-coloured uh, dressing gown, sitting on the couch. I was yep. looking around for the Playboy bunnies. Um, nowhere to be seen, but we really enjoyed just sitting there, you know, eyes closed every now and then and watching Chargers football. It's back, boys. Yeah. Very, yeah. very exciting. I was, I was wondering how I could get in uh, before you and just defend myself that we'd had a big <laughs> night and the first time I watched this game, I spent most of it asleep. So, uh, or, or unconscious, whichever way you want to look at it. I shouldn't, uh, sh- shouldn't get too pumped up about that. But great night had, uh, great win uh, by the Chargers. Before we jump into uh, talking about the game, we'll just do things in a little bit of reverse. Some news stuff, um, some players in and outs. Kimon Hall just can't get himself healthy, so he's been wave injured. And we have signed cornerback Matt Hankins, who was an undrafted free agent from the, through the Falcons in 2022. And Larry Roundtree is gone, uh, probably in large part to Elijah Dotson's performance on the weekend. Um, former sixth round pick is out the door like he yeah. was last year. We'll see if we sort of hang on to him on the practice squad. Uh, but we've signed Aaron Champklin. Uh, heck well of done. a name. Well done. Egregious use of consonants in there. But um, <laughs> he spent the... Scrabble. <laughs> uh, there That's are some that are way points. worse. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Aaron spent 2022, the preseason, with the Dallas Cowboys under Kellen Moore. So there's a little bit of a connection there with that replacement. Um well, on JC Jackson watch and things are tracking pretty well. He's had some of the best um, practices uh, in the last couple of days that he's had almost since he's been uh, at the place. So he's he spoke as well in front of the camera about uh, how he how much more comfortable he feels in the system a year in. Um, he was still sort of trying to find his feet last year and then couldn't get it right with the body. So hopefully now he can hit it with both, uh, both barrels and um, make himself available for the first couple of weeks of the, uh, the season. Al, anything else that you've noted or read, um, in the last couple of days? 
Well, joint practices with the Saints, I believe, start tomorrow. So this they is do. always the time of the preseason where your kind of staley type coaches who don't like to play their starters during games, they believe this is where the real work gets done. They think it's uh, actually superior to games because in a game, you're kind of subject to however the game plays out. So you might never get a red zone snap, for example. Whereas when you can kind of plan your practices as, you know, solid educators like Jack Wood, you've got your rubric for your training. We want to get this achieved. Uh, and they can really have as many as they want, as many snaps and practices in various game scenarios as they can manage. So we always touch wood that, you know, there's never, ever in any injuries in these kind of hit outs because I think they do it for two days and yep. they go at it pretty hard. So no doubt when we wake up tomorrow morning in Oz, we can flick online and see all of the great highlight plays and hopefully big snags from Keenan Allen and co uh, against New Orleans. Let's hope for a couple from QJ too, why not? Mm. And the um, uh, unavoidable punch-ons that always ensue from joint practices. I think Trevor Penning. A, I think we've already had a couple of belters. There was Ravens and Commanders and golly, maybe whoever the Patriots were involved in. Big, big It'll be swings. Scott Matlock. It'll be Scotty Matlock on one side and Trevor Penning for sure. And then they'll both go out and get <laughs> yeah. beignets together. No, 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 no. Oh, golly. Am I missing anything else, guys? Jack, anything? Chris Rumpf is sort of uh, flashing just after he's had a pretty good showing at the start of the game that we will get into now. So yeah. the Chargers played against the Rams, first preseason game of the year. Super pumped to have football back and super awesome to see the Chargers backup players playing like that, getting a 34, uh, what were we, 34-17 win. Mm. Um and uh, that was actually enjoyable to watch. We usually dread watching the backups, uh, but that was pretty good. Pretty good fun. Actually got me staring up off the couch um, from horizontal to 45 degrees at best. You, you've got impeccable <laughs> so timing, good. Andy. It's almost like you got this sixth Mate, sense. I know. Like, you pop up, you're like, oh, yeah, special teams touchdown. It's just like your charges is in you. <laughs> I just know what I see as soon as I wake up. I'm like, oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack, we, I didn't watch the game with you. So what? Uh, what's one of your big takeaways, player or, or thing? Well, 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 well. Uh, I, like you, was very excited. I very much enjoyed watching Chargers football again. And as you said, it's good to see that there's some coherency to our backups as they play. But I think the biggest thing that we should talk about first, and Alistair, you did a fantastic performance on the Guilty as Charged crossover podcast uh, earlier this week. Well done. You Thank are you. a uh, you showed the world that you can talk about film and John Wick and make some very <laughs> funny allusions. Even uh, if you haven't seen it. Even if you've never seen the <laughs> film. Yay, 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 yay. Seeing bits and pieces. And listeners, uh, that's on the Guilty as Charged YouTube channel. So we had the it crossover is. podcast with all the other content creators. Give it a listen and a like because it was good fun. Hopefully we get invited every year now, boys. It was. It did a very, very good yeah, job, absolutely. Alistair. I, I probably should have opened with um, with that little performance of yours, but I took away the main bit. So That's okay. Um, uh, let's talk about Quinton Johnson. So let's talk about our first round pick. Let's talk about what we saw and what we can take away now. Do not, I said this on the last podcast, do not buy into this narrative, people. Jordan Addison had a good weekend. Jackson Smith and Jigba had a pretty good weekend too. There's going to be this narrative of, is Quinton Johnson the worthy of a first-round pick? And 
it kind of started coming true when we saw him fumble those first couple of passes. Now, I did a little bit of digging and PFF actually did a really good article and it was more fantasy-based than it was uh, sort of reporting and news-based. But remember, drops in the preseason and drops uh, are not necessarily a sign or a correlation of future drops. Now, funnily enough, Jamar Chase in his first season had four drops. We've never seen anything like that again from him. So don't buy into this, oh, he's dropping, he's going to drop heaps. Remember, Eastern Stick was throwing to him. It didn't look great uh, on first watch. It did. Even the I noted even the touchdown pass was slightly fumbled as well. It was a two, weird, wasn't it? It was a two yep. grabber. But uh, Alistair, you said um, on or they or you brought it up on the pod with guilty as charged that what great coaching, empathetic coaching, strategic coaching, character coaching to get QJ in to get that touchdown because I think if it wasn't there, the furore around how bad our first round draft pick looked was going to be pretty hot. So I'm not too concerned until I see some consistency uh, of a lack of catching. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I agree. I think be careful drawing a parallel with Jamar Chase's preseason drops because the weird thing with Chase was he never dropped the ball for LSU and suddenly dropped it in the preseason for the Bengals. And then he kind of reverted back to his usual self once the real game started. Whereas this is kind of a continuation of a theme that was definitely there in college for Quentin Johnston. But you know what? I want to focus on what he can do and not what he can't do. And if we have now this extra weapon in the red area, and you know he's not going to draw the number one defender because you're going to have Mike Williams posted up one-on-one on one side. You might have a big tight end in the slot or Keenan Allen the other side. QJ mm. is your slot number three is going to get favorable matchups and he's still a very sexy target in the red zone. So good on QJ. Get, get, you know, get some um, legs under him. First game playing at SoFi Stadium since the championship game against Georgia. Not worried at all, but super glad that he had one of those catches because it's more just like the online discourse and the trolling and the you can tell that can get into a young person's head. I might um, make a more broad comment about the Chargers offense. I thought it was the most cohesive, Jack, just to echo your word. Um, I've seen a preseason offense look for the Chargers. Specifically, this this discussion all off-season around marrying run with pass. Kellen Moore wants his runs to look like pass and vice mm. versa, so play action works. <laughs> it seemed like it was quite dissonant under Lombardi because they never majored in any run concepts. There wasn't this nice kind of flow. On the rewatch, Eastern Six second drive was kind of reminiscent of, to me, the 2018 Rams and Jared Goff where we ran play action three times in a row. And I was thinking, oh, when's he going to keep it? When's it going to be a run? And it just had those vibes of this this coordinator's feeling himself. Every, the defense doesn't know what's going to happen. It just looked supernatural. And to me, that was like an insight into what the Chargers could look like with Kellen Moore calling plays. He's, he's got this good rhythm where everyone was structured. He uses tempo nicely. So it, it's not always that you're coming up no huddle and snapping it. It's varied tempo. Sometimes you run it down. Sometimes you come up and snap. 
I thought it was a very promising debut from the offense. Andy, how did you feel about that that side of the ball? Very impressive. Um, notably, to harp on with what you're saying about the um, how well sort of organized it looked was the um, what's the word I'm looking for the not the responsibility, but the just how. Um, Oh, can't think of the word, but the, just the offense as a whole working through that two minute drill when they're playing hurry up, um, they weren't buggering up their assignments, no false starts, none of that. It was, um, help me out. What's the damn word? Um, yeah, they were just perfection. It was just clean. Just clean about operation. like it, it was a it clean was operation. Just, yeah. Really good. Uh, great work from the concerning depth that we had on the O-line, uh, with, um, the run game as well. It just looked like the guys out there were just all fighting for um, for their job and played played really well and um, it looked really good. I also thought that the the run game aided Eastern Stick a lot, um, oh, and also and also special teams. Just we sort of looked a little bit stagnant. There's a couple of penalties early, uh, starting the ball at the ten yard line, a couple of drives, and then get the punt return touchdown, which obviously we'll get into more with Darius Davids. But then it just, it just seemed like that was the rocket up the ass of the offense. And they had what seven run plays in a row. Um, at one point, Kellen Moore just worked out a way to take the heat off, um, Eastern stick with the sluggish start and then allow him to ease into the game. Because once he got going, he looked mature. He looked present in the pocket. He looked like he was leading the offense and, that's not something that I've experienced watching Eastern Stick in the limited times that I have well, uh, this, over the last five years. Well, this is, and this is the thing, and for the first time I'm watching a Chargers offense where I can see that the offensive coordinator is trying his best to help the quarterback out. And with that pre-snap motion, almost every single snap, there was a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end moving across the formation to help the quarterback diagnose, are we in man, are we in zone? Where's the, where's the space going to be? And it's, it's this new series of play callers that are coming into the league that either uh, are young and innovative and they understand the game on both sides, like a Sean McVay, um, Brandon Staley is obviously the defensive side, but Kellen Moore clearly has been a quarterback and a, and a quarterback that's been very recently in the game. And I think, Andy, you hit the nail on the head when you said Eastern Stick looked calm. Kellen Moore understood that the first series was a piece of shit and he's gone, okay, how, it ever. how can I help this quarterback out to sort of just I'm calm him down a bit? Yeah. <laughs> calm him down a bit. Give him some uh, give him some pre-snap motion to so so he calms down so he knows where the holes are gonna be to, to either um, uh, to call the run, to just snap out left or right, or or find the find the open receiver. I just thought it was fantastic. And it was there was that time where we made I can't remember the series, I think it was the second or third one where we went run, run, first down, and then instead of going run, we just took a deep shot. I love that. I love the mm. the the dynamism and the coherency because I think some coaches and offense coordinators will go dynamic and there's absolutely no cohesion to what you see. And the really good ones have dynamism, yet there's uh, dynamic cohesion as well. So consistently inconsistent, uh, which always keeps the defense on their toes, which I thought was fantastic. Super, super fun. Very much so. Um... What did you think of the uh, the O line, Jack? You're the big hmm. trench guy. What what about that performance? Well, 
I thought on the whole it was pretty decent. I didn't think there was really a weak link consistently. I, the the running game was fascinating to see as well. Uh, the the over two hundred yards on the on the ground goes to show, I think, how confident perhaps not only the running backs were, but the 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 choices that they have been either told to make or they know where these gaps are going to be. Um, looking at it, we we ran the left side really strongly. So outside left end, we've gone seven attempts for one hundred and sixteen yards and two touchdowns. And that's without Slater, that's without uh, Zion Johnson on that left side. So clearly that's going to be a sign of strength. You add, you know, two of the best, or one of the best left guards, hopefully, and one of the best left tackles in the league there. That left side is going to be fun. And watching Eckler and Spiller and Dotson and then pop out will be great. And then it was relatively even. So running at left tackle twice, uh, middle, middle is sort of, we've gone sort of maybe 10 runs. And then to the right, there's maybe eight to 10 as well. So so um, what I saw there um, was players pulling as well. I saw a couple of guards pull, really wanting to get down and engage. And that's the first time I can remember seeing a road grader type unit. They weren't super nasty, but I saw enough there that I go, this is going to be a fun running game to watch in the, in, uh, throughout the year. Uh, Alistair, what did you take from the running game? Yeah, well, what you see your, with your eyes is reflected in the numbers. Tyler came up with a fantastic stat, which was the Chargers' 29 attempts for 214 yards. That exceeded the three-game combined rush yards under any previous Joe Lombardi preseason offensive rushing scheme. So that's kind of proof in the pudding, isn't it? Oh, yeah, one game we've got kind of backup running backs. And everyone looked good, didn't they? I was so buoyed well, to see. Everyone. Yes, I, I know who you have in mind, but hopefully he does well with whichever team signs him. But Isaiah Spiller was fantastic. I thought he was mm. balanced, yep. patience, wiggle, vision, awesome. Josh Kelly, same deal. He kind of built on what he started to show last year. And then we unearthed kind of this new UDFA gem in Elijah Dotson. A good on him. Just produces two like highlight running plays that just get you excited. And I thought, hey, we, we did the tweet. Hey, is this Austin Eckler or um, Elijah Dotson? You know, another guy from the state of Colorado. So, yeah, very coherent, Jack, I thought. Um, it I, I still think fairly vanilla play calls. I don't think, you, you know, these coordinators want to show their hand too, no. too much. Um, but the execution was tight. And, yeah, look, that's all we need. Like, I keep thinking this. We do not need to be a top 10 rush offense. The Chiefs kind of did this last year. What you want to do is when you need to have it, when you need to run, when you want to run, can you get your, you know, four and a half to five yards per attempt? Yep. And I liked what I saw from a first hit out. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. Couldn't agree more. That was, um, yeah, those last two big ones from Dotson, very exciting. Um, just another guy that's just really uh, making you watch. But look, temper expectations and all that, it is still the first week and played against the Rams' depth who are coming off a pretty rough trot. So I've also got to just be just be mindful. It's not Super Bowl just yet. But it is exciting to see and we can't help but um, hammer home the fact that just watching the Chargers' depth pieces, um, which has always been a concern, it. is no, we're not used to it at all. Uh, Andy, used to I getting... want to ask you something, mate. 
that is linked before we move off the running game. Your boy, Xander Horvath. Mm. Is his roster spot in jeopardy? It's a tough one, isn't Do, it? Does he have a place? It's like... He was there, but I, know, look, hmm. I won't answer your question. What, well, what do well you yeah, look, he was there, and he was—he's—he's he's been involved a little bit in um, through our training camp uh, of note, and I uh, just—I don't know. I think the sample size is too small uh, from mm. one game to see what Kellen Moore might utilize Sander Horvath as, and whether there's value, whether he was maybe a, a more Lombardi pick um, when we got him. So. Who knows? Seventh rounder. Uh, I'd like to see him stay on. If he just keeps performing on special teams, he could hold himself yeah. a spot there. But uh, yeah, as we do move on, have we got anything further on offense, gents? Have we? Do you want to talk uh, tight ends? We mm. only saw Parham do a little bit. McKitty yep. do a little bit. Jack, I, was, I know I'll, you want to talk about McKitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just on the the Horvath, I think that's a really good segue because perhaps maybe we're going to see him lining up more as that fourth tight end as well. Because the, but given his athletic maybe. profile, given his athletic profile, the guy tested out of the you know out of the gym essentially, uh, and he showed that he can run routes and pass blocks. So I wonder if he's going to come into some jumbo sets, set the edge, um, you know, or, or chip block and those types of things. He strikes me as uh, something as Kellen Moore that I'm probably not going to show my hand if I'm going to use him in the preseason. These that little weapon that you might roll out week two, week three. Um, I wonder how much he was paying to get the first Chargers touchdown of 2022. I, mm. I would wonder that someone hey. made possibly quite a lot of money. Um, Trey McKitty. Yeah, I did want to touch on that, actually. He only, what did he play? He only played 13 snaps or he, he played 13 snaps at inside tight end. And I was just focusing on his pass blocking. Um, PFF gave him a rating of 74, essentially on three pass blocks, and also gave him a rating of around 60 for 10 run blocks. And I saw enough from him to say that he's got a little more power than I have seen previously, and he seems to be holding his spot a little more. The running and the catching game, the receiving game, I wasn't too concerned at watching that. I believe he caught one. I think he caught one pass for two one yards. One for bugger all, yeah. Yeah, for, for absolutely Checked nothing. Down. yep. So, you know, if that's the role that he's going to play, fine. I thought Parham looked okay as well. But there was. There was a couple of times where I looked at Trey McKitty. He blocked it on uh, Sticks Rush, where, where there was a rush. He really set that left side really soundly and looked solid. And I was like, well, you know what? If you come in and do that once or twice a game, still not great for the draft capital that we perhaps spent on him, but not too bad. Alistair, were you going to talk about Jordan McFadden at all? Yeah. Or were you going to throw to. that to me? I'll let you take McFadden. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to go more broad about the offensive line. Okay. They're, they only allowed seven pressures in that game, which last year kind of would have been amongst the team's best performances mm. of the whole season. So I just thought across the board it was quite compact. There weren't so many leaky leaky holes in the ship. I have to say, having carefully rewatched every snap of the offensive line, the person I was most concerned about personally was Foster Sorrell. Yeah. I I don't like the idea of him being next in line as the the backup tackle. I I am very concerned 
particularly if he's lined up against like God help us if it's Micah Parsons because you know Slater's injured or something that that could be absolute disaster. The kind of under the radar line I really liked was Zach Bailey. Mm. Yeah, had a good game. He had a good game, and I I deliberately did not check the PFF grades until I'd watched it because I didn't want it to kind of you know um, impact my own viewpoint. And thankfully, there was a degree of consistency there. So I I just kept looking at him and thought, you're moving your man where they're meant to be. There's no pressure on your side. Pretty good performance um, all around from him. But Alistair, think, I was going to ask. I was going to ask you though: Is Foster Sorrell the next tackle, or is it Jamari Solia who moves from yeah, right question. guard and pops out, and then a Bailey comes in, or yeah. um, or a McFadden does come in, or someone like that, or Heimus. Well, that would be perfect. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm at the point where I'm almost cut. Like, oh. let's keep watching. But I feel like I've seen quite a bit of Sorrell last year forced into action. He spent all off season training with Duke Manyweather. He was a five-star high school recruit. We're talking about like the, one of the best, best tackles in California. Like Mm. just, so there's, they're, they're sticking with him. I feel like against backup Rams edge rushes, he gave up a sack and he gave up a few different pressures and I just, I'm, I'm getting Storm Norton from last off-season vibes where the coaching staff goes, yeah, we, we can't put you in a game. Yeah, interesting. That's a fair call. What did you think of McFadden, Jack? <laughs> yeah, so I went and followed two big boys. I went one on the offense, one on the defense. My, the one on the offense was Jordan McFadden. So 37 snaps at left guard. So that, that was, that's, that's quite a lot. I thought, um, and just some of the notes that I wrote down, I'll share them. And um, Andy, maybe you can uh, jump in on anything that uh, pops out to you. But um, I sort of saw a guy that was trying to win pretty much with power. uh, And he was really popping off at the point of attack. What I did find is when the defensive tackles lined up sort of almost square with his shoulders pretty much in front of him, he could handle a bull rush quite well. When I saw the defensive tackle line up in that uh, to his left ever so slightly a bit wider, he really struggled with uh, those angles, really struggled to get his um, the point of contact uh, strong and be able to hold that off. So, uh, and I also noticed that he kind of struggled struggled with a bit of, of technical rushes. So some of the, um, what did I say here? Sort of, th- there's a couple of rip moves that he kind of doesn't know what to do with. Um, so I also noticed that he loved to pull. So which ties in with what I saw in his power. He loves to get out on that front foot, find your sh- find the defensive uh, lineman's shoulders and really push through. So I kind of feel like we've got a bit of a power a power guard in here, more so than I can remember watching a rookie. He wasn't scared. Yes, these are Rams second and third pass rushes. Um, but, you know, was able to get upfield. And there were a couple of times when he was wondering where to go and he found someone, you know, within half a second, which shows, you know, really good cognitive ability as well, especially under pressure. So, yeah, I, I saw enough there to be really... Uh, boy, uh, bullish actually. But then when I go to the PFF, yeah, and there's one thing that I'm obviously not sharing, and I haven't, I'm not sharing purposely, perhaps. But I look at the PFF grade, and he's been given a 37 or 36, essentially, which is, uh, which is very poor. Now I don't know how much impact that giving up, you know, we go for a 70 yard touchdown, and he happens to give up the pen- the holding penalty. Whether that impacts the grade that much, okay. but. If it does, I, I sort of question. Perhaps, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I, I I don't mind. From yeah. what I saw from a from a first from a first gamer, yeah, it was it was really quite successful. 
And not so, like who cares about that hold, more like if we're evaluating how this guy did across 30-something snaps, overall promising performance irrespective of low grade from PFF. Yeah. Jack, do you think that the way that you've described, you know, his his struggles against the DTs that line up in the eye um, at various gaps, uh, do you think that's a technique thing that he can fix? Uh, is it a footwork thing? So is it a core strength thing? So if he struggles against, let's say, like transverse force, so the guy coming on an angle mm-hmm. at him, do you think more core strength? Do you think they're, the, it's positive signs that they could be things that they could work through and... Um, he could get improve it at? Oh, that's such a good question because there was something I didn't cover and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to get it. So you've set me up and I've knocked, hopefully knock it out of the park. There was a fantastic example and I don't remember the snap. It was probably in the 20s where uh, an, a, a rusher comes from an angle and McFadden gets his hands, uh, hands on him but is actually pushed back almost in an arching motion and his feet don't move. So there's that disconnect of... Um, I want to get my hands on someone and I want to try and overcome them or um, uh, put a lot of power into them, but my feet aren't matching what, I guess, the the leverage that I need. So what I saw from there is just a little more, uh, little more foot movement. You know, the way you combat angles in that position is, you know, making sure that you've got your anchors really set in the ground and you've got the right sort of angles of your hips and those big levers and those big legs. And that obviously transfers up through your body into your shoulders and into your hands. So I think it's just a little bit more movement, maybe a couple of camps with many weather, listening to Rayshawn Slater, who does that so well with his fast feet. Um, but at the same time, you don't want him to give up his power play and you want him to put two feet in the ground and fucking... Smash someone's head in. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit too excited. I need to just start. It's the offensive well, line clinic with Jack Reefid. <laughs> you do no. have to be sensible about how you seek contact, though, don't you? Like Correct. if you just go out there looking for it and you, you want to plant an anchor, if you're falling forwards and then you get pushed, you're going to move up. Yeah. And you don't have enough weight at the right spot behind you to be able to sustain that hold. So, yeah. That sounds like they all sound like things that can be worked through. So that's that's promising. Yeah, and, and the the other the other thing listening to around the 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 NFL uh, on the NFL with Sessler and things, um, there was a great they had a great I can't remember the guest they had on, but he was talking about moving Brandon Thorn Brandon Thorn moving left and right and how what a great way to understand line play is that if you've lined up on the right side your whole lot your whole career and you've been then asked to move on the left, it's like learning to write and do things with your right hand and then being asked to do it with your left. Now, you know, you get so much muscle memory and you sort of do things without thinking um, with the right hand, but then when you're asked to do, like, write your name with your left hand, you can't do it. You can still do it and you can probably get better at it, but it's not going to be the same as writing or doing things with your right hand. Um, And I thought that, I'd never heard that before and what a great way to kind of conceptualise when we say, oh, it's just easy, move this guy to the left and move this guy to the right. Uh, But a, a fantastic insight from a guy who played a lot of offensive line in the league. Yep. Shall we talk mm. defense, boys? Yeah. Well, actually, you know what I reckon we do? I reckon we just finish off offense and then trans just transfer nicely into special teams. Maybe we let the maybe we let the host do his job, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you speak when spoken to. There was one other um uh offensive rookie who didn't necessarily do a heap on offense, but had definitely a uh, a standout game. The other TCU wide receiver, the fast guy, the one that we've spoken a fair bit about, the worth. Well, 
Um, a couple of receptions. He looked like he could, um, he could, you know, he had that speed, looked like he could go. Um, and then an 81 yard punt return touchdown. Thank you very much. Looked like he'd been doing it for 15 years. Uh, like the time was going backwards, all the, all the time and space in the world and jet speed burning defenders down the stretch. So good to watch. Um, I actually believe I stood up for that one. That was very exciting. <laughs> High fives all around. Darius Davis. Um, I, I don't know. Is it too early to say that he's got the return job sewn up? Sparolsian, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to say that because that's a big call with that one game. That was incredible, man. But that, that wasn't was awesome. even like scheme or blocking. That was just, just feel and cut. outrageous sense and speed. His that was chat like Pro was, Bowl returner kind of yeah. business. That's like you're going to be top of the NFL style returner, a bit like Avante Turpin, his predecessor. Yeah, at, at TC. yeah, yeah. He looked, awesome. he looked fantastic. Pulled our pants down in the preseason last year. That's for sure. Um, uh, I'm, he, I'm, uh, yep. Well, I was just going to say he said after the game that the call was returned left on that, um, that punt oh. return. And he saw that a lot of people, there was just too many people on the left-hand side. So he held to try and encourage them to continue to move left and then saw a line and shot off. Uh, shout out to Fantastic. Dan Henley for the, the good little block, keeping that inside channel open for him. But yeah, that yep. was, um, that was saucy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually, the first thing I've got written in my notes for the game Darius Davis straight up looks lackadaisical and I don't think it's a good pick. <laughs> that's that's ah. what I've actually written down because he sort of looks the a bit... The first thing you wrote on the whole... That's the first thing that I've... You, saw, first... him, you saw him come out of the come <laughs> out of the, uh, the race and you were like, nah. no. There was Number just 12 a... doesn't want to be here. But you know, you know what it is. You know what I'm so, I'm so used to? I'm so used to seeing charges, nah. returners, <laughs> grab it and be like, and rush and rush and be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? This guy just goes, yep, nah fuck off, I'm gone, see you later. And I just went, wow. And we talked about that speed, Alistair. I remember on the on the draft show, you were talking about how it doesn't even kind of look like he's running that fast. But then when you start to just see him create separation from all the defenders and the defenders are just absolutely oh. busting their gut to try and catch up with him, he's just like, yeah, fuck off, see you later. Oh, man. Yeah. So he looked. He looked like he absurd. had. He, he looked like he had moves even on his first return that went for all of. Oh, that was the first play. Was that the first play of the game? Yep. Um, the couple of receptions back. too. If I'm yeah, not incorrect, like one was well. a pretty nice one too. Yeah. Was just yeah, like, far like, out. like that's as good a good a debut for that type of guy. You like I was so excited by that. Seriously, yeah, awesome. for that ever to be worth spending a fourth round pick on a specialist returner who can have a couple of. Gadget plays on offense. My goodness, if he does that every week, it will be worth a fourth and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Big steal. So that's very exciting. Would have been lovely to have had John Hightower out there. Uh, obviously, it came to some kind of leg injury on the Thursday or illness. I wonder if, I wonder if he plays this missed week. Missed out. Yeah. But yeah, he's been, he's been balling. So it'd be good to have him out there and just see what he's got uh, live. Um. Other special teamers, Cam Dicker, pretty good, pretty good. Four from four, from fifty. Even though that had a real, dra- real draw on it late. Um, it Controlled, I hope though. Like he knows his leg swing. It looked like it was kind of deliberate. Yeah. By the end of it, it was not. It was still kind of hmm. through the middle, and that was 
Like that is exactly what we need to see from him. Because last year he only had two attempts from fifty. One of them was in that Jags game, and um, and he also it was his only miss of the regular season. Fifty, he nailed it. This guy's winning the kicker competition for sure. sure. And Jack, I know you, uh, big Mister Ficken. So I've, I'm interested in your view on this. You were listening to Ryan Ficken's press conference last week, I think. I was. What do you like? What do you make? of Coach Ficken and the impact he's had. Was there anything like from the presser that you gleaned that made you think this is why this guy's a successful coach? Yeah. Or is I, it a bit amorphous? No, I, I mean, listen, I can only speculate and hmm. I can only draw upon my own experience of, uh, of of my jobs, of my job as a teacher. And, and I guess what I'll try and do is make some correlation there is sometimes you need to find people that just want to do uh, a job and I think just because you don't want to become a head coach or you don't, you're not want to trying to climb the ladder, um, there are roles for people in organizations that you go, you know what, you are fantastic at what you do. So let's get the support and everything you need to do the best job possible. Ryan Ficken yeah. strikes me as a very intense guy and very much buys into what Staley is trying to do, but he actually believes in special teams. So I would like to think that he takes players who are, yeah, sixth, seventh round draft picks, UDFAs, and says, I will make you better. I can turn you into a starting or a second string starter at your position. And I think when you've got that passion, it's not a oversight. It's not just our special teams will look after itself. That's that's when you get uh, the results. And that's when you get a really good pseudo academy. Um, and you look at look at the great teams that have had, you know, the, the Patriots with Bill Belichick, the special teams has always been so good that that breeding ground of talent. Uh, he is very intense, but for a special teams coach, you need to be precise and you need to be intense because you get what? Sometimes under 10 snaps a game and you have to execute to 100% accuracy. So I, I love him. And we've only seen just the surface of what Fiken Ficken is bringing to the Chargers. So good on you, sir. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it was a pretty good effort from the special teams tackling as well. Nick Neiman was a man possessed both uh, on special teams and in defensive snaps. Um, so, yeah, looked good. Uh, he wouldn't be too happy with those penalties that cost us early start uh, field position, but uh, other than that, Punting was good on the whole when we did it, and coverage Dick is good too. too. Yeah. All right, on to the defense. Al, what do you got? Really good, solid performance by the edge rushers, I thought, in particular. And just overall, I thought, tight, tight play. There was a connection between the rush and the coverage. I, I That was kind of my main takeaway. It was competition is breeding players coming out and performing the edge players like Carlo Kemp, Ty Shelby, Andrew Farmer, even they all know that it's very hard to get a spot on this football team. And it, they played with their kind of pants on fire. And it was the same. I thought with a linebacker group, mm. they were almost geeing each other up. You had Eamon playing quite well, Nick Neiman doing mm. his bit. Even Blake Lynch came in and had a sack at the end. So I, I really am a strong believer in that. 
And we have our customary Alistair losing his connection. We took I some bets on him. A strong, I want to know what he's a strong believer in. Yeah, what's he a strong believer in? He'll pop back in a second, The linebackers I were good, man. And like, I agree. Amen, Amen was flying all over the place as well. Um, there was Andrew Farmer's sack there in the third was really good. The uh, The defense did a really good job because Brevin Allen did this a similar thing earlier in the game. Um they they know that Stetson Bennett doesn't like to sit in the pocket, uh, and he likes that bootleg. Mm. And they just they just crabbed him and shadowed him, and then sucked him in once the um the coverage, as Al said, the the marry between the pass rush and the coverage was. Boys, we got these guys. Take as long as you need to corral and pin this guy down, and they ended up just eating him. And yeah, it was it was uh. Fill your boots, kind of thing. Ty Shelby played pretty well. Um, we'll get to the 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 man of the hour uh, shortly and make a special mention of him. But you know, um, Terence Lang in there too. Gerard Clark. Uh, he's got some moves too. I think he used mm. to play tight end, so he can he can get around a bit. And um, it felt yeah, different, uh, Andy. It just felt different and i'm not sure. used to, it's been it's been now this is you know yeah we're going into 24 plus 30 months of brandon staley the defense looked like they knew what was going on and they knew their assignments they knew the space they needed to cover they had the the defensive line had decent enough gap discipline remember we need to just keep out you know, we need to keep our lids on the yeah. kettle because, uh, you know, this is second and third stringers, don't get me wrong. But uh, I did want to touch on Henley because just some of my notes, I, I did think in run coverage and generally uh, sort of diagnosing plays, he got the green dot too, which is uh, which is a great sign. He, he was slightly hesitant and perhaps a little slow to get to uh, the tackle that he needed to make. However, his pass coverage was very, very good. That instinctual ability to stick a hand up in the air in a passing lane and tap a ball, um, that in a first NFL game, that's what you drafted him for. I think you can you can teach. Uh, he's got the athletic ability to to run sideline to sideline, and you, he can learn off Kendricks to how to read the game, to read run fits and things. But it's very hard to teach a player to be able to move and keep his eyes on the quarterback, and then diagnose where he's going to throw and get that arm uh, arm up there. So Diane Henley, I thought was um, couldn't have had a better debut either. Alistair, you're back with us now. Uh, happens yep. every time. No, I think we need to fix that, but that's okay. What do do you believe in, sir? What are you a firm believer of? We were hanging by the uh, the tips of our boots. I'm a firm believer. This is going to shock you. A firm believer in Dean Leonard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. Right, so I am too. I am too. He played. He had some great snaps, and I we just can't be too shitty about the missed pick six. Play on. I know. There was a bit of that. There were some missed opportunities. I thought in general for defensive backs to stand up, and I'm thinking of Jasir Taylor and Mark Webb. I thought mm. both of them missed a real opportunity to secure a roster spot. But Dean Leonard, sure. if I was his coach, I'd be thinking, this guy's about six foot, 190-something pounds, runs mm. like the wind. He has all the physical attributes. What I saw in the game was super sticky coverage. Mm. And to yeah. me, that's that's the that's the most important part about being corner. Yes, you you hope they take an interception, but he had two, T, two PBUs, I'm fairly certain. He at least had one. And well, he had the one in the end zone and then the the one that he sh- cut the route and almost picked it off. Yeah, so yeah. he had the two. And There's those two. 
mate, he's only been in the league for a year and they drafted him for a reason. And I am getting sneaky Michael Davis vibes, who was an undrafted okay. free agent. And all you saw was incremental improvement each year. And now you'd say he's a starting caliber, maybe even above average starting cornerback CB1 type. So mm. phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Let, Leonard, Leonard had a couple of good tackles on special teams too on the kick returns. And I think we, we spoke when they, the two of them are drafted here and just him and just it was that, oh, which one is going to get it kind of thing. And as the yeah. season went on and just started playing a lot more star or that slot role, um, yeah, because of injuries, we're like, Oh, just has got it. But Dean Leonard's still doing his thing on special teams. Jasir did not have a good game at all. Um, special teams penalties, um, coverage penalties. It's just a bit disappointing. Um, also, a, just an absolute whiff. Probably an easier pick um, than than Leonard's was. So yeah. not a good game for him, which is disappointing. But, yeah, Staley talks a lot about player trust. And I don't know. I don't know if I felt it. Um, but early days, so we'll see. Uh, whoever else there is, what do we talk? What do we think about the the safety situation, namely JT Woods? What's the vibe on him? Very interested in Jack's view on the unsportsmanlike conduct in particular, because what we're seeing now is kind of these little spot fires of ill discipline amongst a playing group. And Staley, he's a pro. He's uh, he should be like a, a witness in any kind of case. He'd be perfect, or a politician even, because they tried to pin him down in the press conference. What did you think of JT Woods's moment there? Oh, you know, we needed to do better on that drive as a defense. We had two penalties. We missed some coverages. No good. Oh, but what did you think of the unsportsmanlike conduct? Look, we made a few mistakes during the game, different penalties given up. He He's not a disciplinarian, and that was a stupid-ass penalty, let's be honest. So no good. Um, I don't know, Jack, do you think that's like a, from a leadership down thing that maybe that that is reflective of not having a, a coach who is tough enough on the players? Like, I feel like how, you how want to say feel? daddy. I feel like you want to say daddy somewhere <laughs> in there. Like there's not a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think the anything when it comes to these penalties, it's great. It's the best to show a, a consolidated front. So we know that calling players out in the media is a big no-no in any team-building organisation. We know that players calling out players is meant to be a big no-no against the players, you know, unwritten rule of conduct and all these things. It still happens. Uh, for mine... It is, I would always say to something like that, if ever I was coaching or if ever, I mean, I've said this before, coaching, not NFL level, but if you're worried about what the other person is doing, you're giving away vital brain space and time to something you don't need to worry about, especially because the play is dead. Of course, in the heat of battle, you want to be reading what's in front of you and things. Play's dead. Yeah, cool. You've beaten him. Why need to rub salt in the wounds? The the success and the achievement should come from doing your job and uh, performing at your best. You don't need to rub salt in the wounds. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't like spitting the dummy. I don't like hissy fits. So whether Staley approaches it like that and fool me once, fool me twice, fool me thrice, maybe not. So is Joey Bosa on his last legs? We don't know. Is JT Woods going to, uh, sorry, is Jasir Taylor going to make that mistake again? You'd better hope not. 
Well, I mean... Taylor did it as well, by the way. He did one of these ones after a PBU right in the receiver's face. And the ref didn't throw a flag, but it's more of that mm. inane bullshit that yeah. I don't fucking ever want to see. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Get me in there. Taking Maybe us back to the Jack the boys. Guy. Jack oh. boys. Jack oh. boys. Oh. Yeah. What about Woods' on-field performance? Let's put that to one side. Well, hang on. I just um, I, Did you see okay, some well, strides? I'll, I'll jump into that. I find it incredible that a guy who was drafted high um, had an opening and an opportunity once Nasir Adderley left to then take that free safety role pretty much as soon as before even the season was over. It was Aloha, Aloha Gilman's, um, and he's he's got to be fighting for, for reps. Otherwise, he's just playing special teams and being a jobber. Um, he's... Play, he looked a little bit more physical than he has been before. Uh, got involved in a couple of run run stop assists. Um, oh, didn't notice too much of him in the coverage game. Uh, but, yeah, I just think it's a bad mentality. I hate it too. I hate that kind of when the guys drop the ball, it's like you fucking yeah. didn't do anything. He just yeah. dropped it. <laughs> and you're parading like... Uh, someone's building a statue of you. It's the same sort of thing, except he's just slapped the guy who's dropped the ball in the head. Like you've already won the play and it's preseason and, you know, try and be a leader of this team or like want to show that you want to be one. Mm. Uh, it's not a good look. No. But... Agree. Mm. To turn slightly positive, I was quite Impressed by the debut performance of Tuli Tui Polo. I really enjoyed what I saw from him. He's a big boy. He is going to be able to set that edge eventually. Usually you don't see that with rookies because they need to develop play strength. But he's come into the league quite physically developed, I think, compared to your usual, like say Chris Rump, for example, chalk and cheese. Tuli's already a big boy. And I can't wait for some of those packages where you might have Mac and Bozer on the field uh, playing your wider edges. And then you could just get Tooley standing up in the B gap kind of as a stand-up rusher. I think that's going to be so much fun for a creative architect like Staley to design some of these blitz packages. So good start for Tooley. Well, let me... He's definitely got a... Oh. He's de- I was just going to say, he's definitely got a really good get-off speed. He went, got through um, almost uncovered yeah. a couple of times and was... Instantly in the QB's face. Just on that, in terms of like rocking up, looking looking big and stuff. I thought Chris Rumpf looked a fair bit bigger out there as mm. well. Uh, he looked Pre-season stronger and faster. He? Yeah, for sure. He looked looked great and um, good speed, good sort of intelligence in in his moves, and got a sack. So, Jack, what were you going to say? Well, let me talk about Scotty Matlock. Ha 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 ha. Another big boy that I watched very intently. 17 snaps, uh, mainly was lining up in that uh, that B-gap, so sort of interior defensive line. Played a couple uh, over the tackle, and he did have one snap where he lined outside of the tackle. Uh, but speaking of big, he does look big. And yes, I will. the critics will say, oh, but it was against, you know, B and C stringers, but looked big enough. I felt like he was a good space eater. The one thing that we miss on the interior of that line is that is that ability to control the space and Staley's defense 
Uh, those nose tackles and those DTs really need to be able to control those running lanes. Uh, you're not necessarily trying to beat your man in the pass rush. What you're doing is you're holding up those DT, taking a double team, which means the linebackers can diagnose where the run is and come in and tackle support. I thought he was very violent at the, the point of attack, which is good. He's known to be um, aggressive. He's got some moves and agility for a big man as well. There was that um, when Stetson Bennett uh, sort of broke to the left there when they were in the red zone. Um, he got engaged early, but was quick enough and big enough to go and chase, almost got a, got a chase down sack. But, you know, he shows up in pass rush well enough. I thought there was enough there. Just some time, I think, in Staley's scheme to understand those defensive, uh, those A and B gap, that, that discipline to be able to control your opponent, your the guard or the center, just to maneuver um, maneuver them. And I'm hoping that that's, that part of the Chargers game overall is going to be better this season because it wasn't very good. I did well, in my opinion, last year. So, uh, Scotty Matlock, good. Like you. I, I like um, your aggressiveness. Jack, uh, watching Matlock myself, I I mostly agree. I saw him... I, I was more impressed by how he went as a pass rusher than yeah. as a run defender. Yeah. I saw two plays where he got absolutely blown off the ball, where it was just like far out, off the snap, five yards off the line of scrimmage, like... I don't know if it was his angle or he, or his play strength. It was there are at least two, not everyone, but there are a few where I thought, oh, okay. And I think that raises a broader concern, which is I don't know how well suited Staley's defensive tackles are to Staley's scheme. Yeah, his main kind, like okay, obviously he's the defensive coach, and what the fuck do I know? Talking from Ashwood, Victoria, not much, but. If he wants to run a tight front, you want to have a zero technique who's typically got to be 320 to 330 pounds. The only guy on our roster who fits that size is Jared Clark. Is Clark. No one else. The other guys are kind of four eyes and you're looking at like, you know, or three techniques. SJD has that body shape. Austin Johnson has that body shape. Um, I reckon Matlock has that body shape. These are guys who are slightly undersized to play the nose, but are athletic enough to kind of rush the passer. So you wonder why we give up five and a half yards per attempt. We, we kind of lack the big meat and bones to play in the middle of the defense. And I'm a bit surprised we have not made that more of a priority. I don't know. Maybe Staley thinks, but you know, zone blitzing or different kind of angles, you can still make it work. But I'm still seeing the same problems from that first preseason game where Henley struggled against the run. Um, our defensive tackles kind of struggled a bit against the run. I still kind of think it's going to be a theme of this year based on what I saw from week one of the preseason. But, but has he has he ever had has he ever had those tackles though? At, in, at, at the Rams, did he have a big 330, 340 nose tackle? No, I mean, he had Aaron Donald. And they were, and they were good against the run. So maybe you don't need it, to that's, your point. And that's what I'm saying. So these these body types strike me as more of your Morgan Fox-like. So you can get a bit of interior pass rush because I think that's mm. still crucial to Staley's scheme is getting that oh, interior, yeah. um, that up-the-middle rush. So... Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. You're right. He did get. I said I've just got my notes. Was controlled too easily out of the A and B running lanes. I think on three times I yeah. picked that up. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was more of that. He was more violent in the pass rush. But yeah, fascinating. And and maybe Kendricks stops the the leaky front. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a good point. You know, the body type of these DTs is an interesting one, and maybe something that our you know we'd love to hear comments from our listeners as well about what they think. Please.
Yeah. But overall, defense good. And maybe, worth, Andy, I'll throw a question to you to finish up the show. Um, do you buy into this, like, Derek Ansley energy stuff? Do you think that could make a difference? Because, you know, per PFF, our defense was number three across mm. the league from preseason week one. Maybe it's not, like, the best bunch of cattle, but do you reckon Derek Ansley, that energy stuff, makes a difference? In short, yeah, I do. Mm. I really do. <clears throat> I'm, I'm fascinated in, in the psychology of what gets people fired up to perform at a, any kind of level um, from my own experience to whatever the pros do. So I, I really do think that it, it could help. Um, it seems to be. There seems to be a far closer, tighter knit group than there did with Ronaldo kind of just babysitting. Um, this sort of feels like uncle... Uncles come over to look after the kids and like everyone's having a good time. So, and they're behaving. So, um, if you want to finish off that analogy. So yeah, look, Uncle I guess Rex. that, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do think that there is, um, validity to that. Uh, I just want to mention, we didn't actually talk about other QB Max Duggan at all today, but, no. uh, not too much to talk about not a great game for him um elijah dotson really took the heat off a couple of those drives for him and uh so he can improve but he needs to work on first read get out of that throwing want to scramble yeah, yeah <laughs> just he just wants to like backing in general cute yeah. fuck it qj out there somewhere <laughs> well we've got um a couple of trainings with the saints to look forward to and then our second preseason game this weekend against the new orleans saints that's all for me. We've run real, real long for a preseason game, but it's exciting because football's back. So if you've been, hey, if we know been, you're out hey, there listening. We can see the numbers. Drop us some comments. Talk to us. We love this shit. It's football, baby. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around with us today. Uh, it's been awesome. It always is, and we'll see you next time on the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Gotcha. Firing, he's got Floyd turning, got it, six and a ten, five, high step, touchdown, San Diego! Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Woo! Good night! Good night to all!